You know, somebody asked me the other day how I came up with the name for the Wednesday night service, Our Power. Well, that's an interesting story. It goes all the way back to my first year in Bible college. I was 18 years old. A bunch of us guys were sitting around in the dorm there, and we were talking, you know, and then how we would, you know, Bible school students. And I said, well, I'll tell you one thing, boys. If I ever have a church and I have a Wednesday night, it's not going to go all night. Because I was born one Sunday and then my dad's church the next Sunday. And I've been in a lot of long services that there wasn't much happening. But sister so-and-so had to sing and brother John had to give a testimony. And, and well, anyway, how many of you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I said, my Wednesday night was going to be our power. That's before I ever knew that, what's his name out there in California? Uh, Shuler. That's before I ever knew that Shuler had, had anything. You know, I didn't even know nothing about it. But he called his his our power. But uh, so on Wednesday night, what I try to do is to bring things to you that will help you naturally and spiritually. And so tonight, I'm going to talk about living victorious over life's troubles. Now, somebody said there's two things in this world that we're going to encounter. And one of them is paying taxes and the other is dying. But I've come up with a third thing. And we're going to encounter trouble, difficulties. Hello. Oh, y'all already gone home? Matthew 6, 34, everybody reads 6:33 and quotes it all the time, right? But 6:34 says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. But now the NIV says it like this, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. This verse of scripture here seems to tell us that uh, there's going to be problems and challenges and difficulties. Now, I'm not talking about a lifestyle like that, but I'm simply saying that in the world that we live in, in the natural, we are going to face situations, troubles. And in fact, the word of God says that the devil is going to do everything he can to discourage you. And he's going to throw everything he can at you. Now, somebody says, oh, you, you, you're not talking very positive. Well, the positive part of it is that we're all going to face these, but God has instructed us how to live victoriously. Hello? He has given us the word of God. And with the knowledge of this word, you can handle any situation that comes your way. The problem is too many people are there. They may be born again, but they really don't have knowledge of God's word. Come on now. I mean, you, if you're going to get knowledge of God's word, you got to spend some time there. And some people don't want to do that. Hello. I'll go on. That's, that's another subject. The first thing that you need to know is 
that God is not the author of trouble. Now, I've seen people through the years when something would come, something would happen, the first thing they say, well, you know, God's got control. He's can control everything. Well, he's not in control of this world. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says, the devil is the God of this world. You ever read it? He got to be the God of this world because he took it from Adam. Adam was the God of this world. In the beginning, he had control of it all. Go read it. But you see, the devil got control of this world. Now he's not controlling us, but he's in control of this world because we're born again. We're a, and we're a part of two kingdoms and we got citizenship in two places at the same time. Heavenly and earthly. As long as you're in breathing God's oxygen that he created, you're going to be in this world. Once you leave here, you're going to be in his world. <laughs> Hello. That's another subject too. You know, but God is, he's not the one causing the trouble the devil is. He's wanting to help you get out of it. And uh, there's a fellow that I'm named after that has a little mini book called Don't Blame God. If you've never read it, you need to get in and read it. It is a very, very good book. It's just, a, don't, don't take very long to read it. It ain't that many pages long. But I want to share tonight with things about living victoriously over trouble or difficulty or situations, whatever you want to call it. Now we, of course, we go to the first part of John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal kill and destroy. Now the voice translation says it like this. The thief approaches with malice intent, looking to steal, slaughter, and destroy. Right here, that tells the word of God tells us where all of the problems are coming from. It's coming from the devil. He has malicious intent. He is looking to steal and slaughter and destroy anything that has anything to do with God. He tried it in heaven and got kicked out. <laughs> but he's still trying to get anything that has to do with God. You know, he's, he's the one that's causing all the havoc, the chaos, tragedy, trials, afflictions, everything else. Now, I've said this before, but I'll say it again because it fits right in here good. My dad was standing down front one time at one of our meetings and a guy came up to him and said, Brother Hagin, I want you to pray for me that I won't have any more trouble with the devil. Well, some people think they know my dad, but they really didn't. They just knew him from, from his teaching. And he looked at the guy and he looked at him straight in the face and said, you want me to pray that you'll die? Just like that. The guy sort of come back and he said, that's the only time that you're never going to have any trouble with the devil is when you get out of this world. The enemy comes at us directly sometimes, but many times he brings our circumstances and our trouble to us through other people. 
we got to realize that if somebody's causing you trouble, they're just the instrument. The enemy, the devil himself is behind it. Hello. Some of you look at me funny, but that's the truth. You see, we don't hear it a lot now, but when I was growing up, you used to hear it all the time, talking about the devil and how bad he was. Now you don't hear a lot about it, but hey, the devil is a roaring lion seeking anybody he can destroy. Peter tells you that. You know, then sometimes people cause their own problem. Hello. Anybody ever heard of a fellow named Theodore Roosevelt? He was president of the United States. He said this, if you could kick the person in the seat of the pants that's responsible for most of your troubles, you wouldn't sit down for a month. <laughs> you know, some people ask, act foolishly, get involved in things that they have no business getting involved with. Even get in business with people that they have no business getting involved with. Run with the wrong crowd that they don't that they shouldn't be hanging around with. I don't mean you can't be nice to them and even be friendly, but you don't need to hang with them. Come on now. And some people though think every time that there is a problem or any time trouble comes, some people accuse that individual of doing something wrong or because they've heard wrong teaching, they begin to condemn themselves and say, oh man, I'm, uh, I, don't, what, what, I don't know what I've done wrong, but I must've done something wrong. I've actually heard people say that, but that's not so. You encounter cr trouble, we encounter trouble because of this corrupt, de de decaying world that we live in. That's why we ha have this. You see, in John 16, 33, Jesus himself said, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be a good cheer, I've overcome the world. Now I like what the voice says about this. I've told you these things so that you'll be whole and at peace in, a, in this world. You'll be plagued with times of trouble, but you need not fear. I've triumphed over this corrupt world order. The devil, evil corruption on the earth is what causes things that God put in to place. Now they don't function the way they're supposed to because of them, sickness, poverty, fear. The good news is the last part of that says of that John 16, 33, be a good cheer. I've overcome. If you're in Christ, you're an overcomer. Hello. <clears throat> Jesus triumphed over Satan when he died on that cross and he rose from the dead and ascended on high. The devil no longer had control in the spirit world. He's still controlled in this natural world, but in the spirit world, 
He has no control. We got to realize he is a spirit, just like God is a spirit. Just like, but listen, he, we have control over him because the word of God says so. In the spirit world, you can begin to take control in the spirit world and transfer it to the natural world. Hello. You see, Jesus didn't remove the trouble when he arose from the dead, but he triumphed over the devil. So everyone that is born again by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ can say, we win no matter what goes on. I don't care what's happening. If you're believing God and confessing the word, just like the song said, he's working. You may not see it. You may not feel it. You may not know what's going on, but he's working. He's working. Somebody said, well, you know, the devil, he's been after me so hard. You know, I must not be doing what God wants me to do. Let me tell you what, if he's after you pretty hard, then you're probably doing what God wants you to do. And he's trying to stop it. Hello. Now trouble will come, but you need to be ready for it. The Bible tells us it's going to come. Jesus himself said it there in in John 16, 33. You can go read it. Matthew 7, 24 says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Now everyone hears these things of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And when the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on the house, it fell and great was the fall. I want you to notice that trouble came to both of these. One that was diligently to serve God. That's, that, that's, the, that's the illustration that it's talking about here. The one man, he's serving God. The other man's serving God, but he's not diligently doing what he's supposed to do. And he's not establishing a foundation upon the word of God. See, I have watched people in church all these years. Remember, I was born in 1939 and on a Sunday and I was in church the next Sunday. I've been there all the rest of my life. I've been in church all my life. I've watched it happen. I've watched people that diligently served God, studied the word, God built their life. The other people, they would come and run and shout and get excited at church but that's all they ever did. And they was always in some kind of crisis. Hello, anybody ever seen anybody like that? They're there, but they're not building their house right. That's another subject I pray, another thing. How are you building your house? (coughs) That's another subject. You know, I've heard people do this. Well, why me? Why am I always having trouble? Well, if you're living, the word of God says you're going to have trouble. 
But you see, you begin to say, why me? And you open the door for the devil to come in and start telling you, oh yeah, you're not doing this and you're not doing that. And on and on the list goes until you get so far down in the dumps and in condemnation that you don't even come back to church. I've seen it happen many, many times. That's the place you need to come. Let me go on. You know, <laughs> some people, and this is going to sound funny, but some people are playing dodgeball with trouble. They're spending all their energy and their resources trying to not have any trouble. And some people experience the same trouble over and over again, but they begin to learn how to deal with it and come out victorious. The other people, person is over there complaining and whining and crying. Oh, why is this happening to me? Boy, it's getting quiet in here now because I'm walking heavy. But you need to hear what I'm saying. This is unknown. I don't know who said it. Nobody does. I don't guess because it says unknown. The trouble with some people is they work harder at avoiding trouble than those who face it and overcome it. Come on now. It is possible to walk victoriously over all the troubles in life. It is possible. Okay? But in obtaining those, we have to look at both sides. We have to look at the spiritual side and the natural side. Too many people, all they want to do is look at the spiritual side. And they come and, you know, they come, pray for me. I'm having this problem. I'm in debt. I can't get out of debt. And I pray for them, but then I see them and they're out spending money foolishly. If you're having trouble financially, you need to do something in the natural to stop it. You don't buy anything if you can't afford to pay for it. I mean, that's just simple. But people always doing that. You know, I have a saying, and all of you know it, you've heard it many times. The natural and the supernatural coming together make an explosive force for God. As we live in this life down here, it's not all supernatural and it's not all natural, but you bring the two together and you got something going on. Too many people want to live supernatural all the time. I mean, I see people there, they got to, one guy came to me one time, he was talking about something, you know, and Something had happened. I forgot what it is now, but uh, something had happened. And he said, oh, Brother Hagin, do you know what this really means? He had had some kind of dream or something. I said, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm so glad. Nothing. (laughs) You eat too much pizza before you went to sleep. Now, I see, I see there's several ministers in the congregation tonight. How many of you 
have seen people that they, they put, they want to put a spiritual meaning to everything. They come up and see you. I'm sorry to tell you, there's not a spiritual meaning to everything. You know, you go through, stumble through the house at night and run over a chair and break your toe. Well, what's the, what's that mean? Does that mean, what's that mean? What's that mean? It means that you was dumb and didn't turn the light on. That's what it means. (coughs) Come on now. Or you didn't listen. And your wife told you that she moved a chair. Mine did. Well, I got up in the night and I wanted over in the bedroom, went to the kitchen to get a drink. On the way back, I run into that chair with this foot right here with my little toe. If you don't think your little toe amounts to anything, break it and you're going to find out. Anybody ever done that? Oh, I got some, I got some friends here. <laughs> it don't feel very good. And there's nothing that they can do to set it. They just have to, am I right? They, they say, well, it just have to, on its own. Whoa. But you see, that was my own doing. And it didn't have any spiritual meaning. But some people put, want to put a spiritual meaning to everything that goes on. Come on now. Is it possible to walk victorious? Yes. But in doing so, you've got to look at both sides of the fence. I say it all the time. We are like, we're like a train. We're running on two tracks, a natural track and a spiritual track. You take one of them away or you get overloaded on one side, you're going to have derailment. You got to be natural and supernatural working together and everything will work out good. Hello. I'm not telling you something that I haven't experienced. I've lived this and I've watched it. I lived in the man's house that I got all of this information from. I watched him live it. I, I, that's why I do. That's why I live like I do because the Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. And I'm not going to argue with you about it. I'm not going to discuss it with you about it because it, even, even if we do discuss it, you know, even though you might say you change your mind, you're of the same opinion still. Why discuss it? Somebody said, well, what do you think? the Bible meant when it said this, I said, it meant exactly what it said. Oh no, now it couldn't mean. Yes, it can. God said it. He meant it. And that's it. You know what their problem is? They don't want to live up to it. So they're trying to make it so that it sounds good. So, Oh, I'm okay. Like a lot of people today, that are going in a lot of churches and they have huge crowds and they hear somebody preach a message to them that's a feel-good message, never says anything about wrongdoing and right living and they walk out of the church feeling good about themselves but they have, they have never had a heart change. They're still the same person. When you come to Christ, 
there is a heart change and you change your lifestyle. Anybody been there? Yes. Come on now. Spiritual things that we need to do to have the victorious life. Number one, remember God is for you and he wants to help you out of your troubles. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Number two, resist worry and fear of trouble and failure. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you drink or your body and what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body and more than clothing? Now, a lot of people take that and go off the deep end. What he is talking about, don't be so concerned about these things that you're not letting God help you to receive all of these things. See, 2 Timothy 1, 7, y'all should know it. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. If there has ever been a day that people are in fear in our lifetime, now, I can go back into World War II and there was fear. And Winston Churchill said, there's nothing to fear except fear itself. Do you realize that's what's causing a lot of people today, their problem, they're fearing and there's no need to fear. Somebody said to me the other day, something about something. I said, Hey, I believe God. That's all there is to it. Well, don't you know this? No, I said, I know all that, but I said, Hey, what? I believe God. As I read the word of God, he took care of of the children of Israel. He gave them clothes when they needed clothes. He gave them water when they needed water. He gave them food when they needed food. He moved all the obstacles that needed to be moved. If he did it once, he'll do it again. Somebody said, well, aren't you preparing in case this or that? I said, no, I'm preparing to believe God. I believe that's me. Now somebody said, well, that's sort of simple. Well, it may be, but I believe God. I believe that God will take care of his people because he said it in the word. And I've seen where he's done it a hundred times in the word of God. He's taken care of people when it didn't look like they would ever make it. Come on now. You know, everybody talking about being poor is Job's turkey, but I, let me tell you what, the whole book of Job only took, it took nine months. And if you look at the end of book, the book, he was in trouble. He had all kinds of things. But when you get to the end, you will find out that he came out on top and he had twice as much as he did when all the disaster came. Why? Because he believed God. Even his, his so-called friends told him, curse God and die. His wife told him that, but he kept believing God. Look where he wound up. All right, number three. Okay, I got to go on. Realize God has a way of escape. 
1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptations are overtaking you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to, but able, but with temptation will make a way of escape that you may be able to bury it. Number four, maintain a good attitude, count it all joy. Uh-oh. Count it all joy. That's what the Bible says. We'll go to Brother James now. now. Brother James was the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. And Brother James didn't mince words. He's tough. He said, my brothers count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy. Why can you count it all joy? Because that's not the end of the story. The end of the story is that you make it through the trial and you come out on the other side praising God. Number five, walk in love. Love closes the door to the enemy and enables you to overcome. First Corinthians 13, four through eight. I'm going to read it real quick. I'm, I've got just, I got about four minutes left and I'm going to, I'm going to take that and, and I'm going to borrow from other, other week or so when I let you out five minutes early. So <laughs> I'm going to be all right. I got, I got, I got, you know, I got some credit back here. I'm going to borrow on that credit. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears up under all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. Somebody... Put something on Facebook, Craig and I both, about, about his, his grandfather, my dad, about his love and how, he, and I, I put something there, I, I made a little comment. But if you were here at his memorial service, everybody that got up behind this pulpit and talked, they talked more about his love walk than they did his faith, or his prayer, and he was strong in all of those, but all of those work because love, because the Bible says faith works by love. Come on, let me go on. I can preach a whole message right there. Speak to the trouble you're facing. Your faith can move mountain-sized trouble. Of course, you know where I'm going there, Mark 11, 23. For sure, that's Andy, whoever says this mountain be removed, be cast to sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He'll have whatever he says. Number seven, maintain a positive confession. Don't let negativism come out of your mouth. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised. Number eight, remember that trouble is temporary. Paul says, 2 Corinthians 4, 17, for our light afflictions, which is but, but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceedingly and eternal weight of glory. Number nine, stand your ground. 
Resist the pressure that the devil puts on you. James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay, that's, that's, some, that's just a few spiritual things you can do. Now I'm going to talk about a few natural things that you can do to help yourself out, to live victorious. Get rid of your excuses. Quit blaming others. Well, it was their fault. Number two, quit blaming your bad upbringing. Another one, quit blaming it on the economy. Sure, the economy is not good, but some of it is that the fact that you're not managing your money correctly. Come on. Then you got to get rid of the victim mentality. The world owes me. Get rid of, well, I wasn't born like you was. Everybody looks at me and say, hey, man, you got it. Hey, you weren't there when we didn't have anything in the refrigerator and there was nothing in the cabinet to eat. And we had to believe God for it. Come on, I can tell you some stories, but I ain't going to. Okay, now don't look back at your past. The victory's in front of you. What's behind you is history and can't be changed. But what's in front of you can be changed with your attitude and all other stuff. Then another thing, quit comparing yourself with somebody else. You will never win the comparing game. Be you, you are you, be you. Don't worry about anybody else. Don't second guess yourself. I was told this long time ago and I've used it many, many times. When you're making a decision, look at everything you can about it. Look at everything. And once you make that decision, be willing to live with the consequences, good, bad, or ugly or nothing. Okay, don't second guess it. Well, if I hadn't have done this, no, you made a wrong decision. Change it and go on. Know your limits. Have a realistic evaluation of yourself, your abilities, what kind of pressure you can take, what you can do, what you can't do. Everybody is an individual and everybody is different and everybody, some people can't, are tougher than other people. That's just all there is to it. Don't look at me like that. You want to get it? I'm telling you how to get ahead in the natural side. Now I talked about the spiritual side, but we live in two worlds. So the natural side, you know, give clear communications. Don't send mixed signals. Your words, your attitudes, your action should all be consistent. Don't flip-flop on decisions. That's why. And then, here's one that a lot of people are trying to do it for themselves. Listen, hire a professional to do what you can't do and they're worth whatever you pay them to take care of the situation. Come on now. All of us, including me, and I know you have, have tried to fix it yourself and you got it in a worse mess and it cost you more when you did have the professional come than if you'd had them come in at the first place. Don't look at me like that. I know, I know you, you're, everybody's the same. 
All right. Remember this. Everybody stand. Remember, God is faithful to perform his word. Psalms 34, 17. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to rescue him each time. Hallelujah. Raise your hands and thank God that we can live a life free from being under the gun all of the time. But we're going to have to do what the word says and we're going to have to do some things in the natural. Heavenly Father, I simply reminded these people today of some things that they can do to live the victorious life that you want us to live. May we each take whatever we needed from this and apply it to our lives and make any adjustments that are necessary. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Anybody get anything out of this tonight? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, if you happen to be with us tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, well, until any of this can start happening for you on the spiritual side, you need to know him. Or if you know him, but you sort of went off course and you need to come back and you need to rededicate your life. Or you'd like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, you've been born again, but you've never, never been filled with the Spirit. According to what it says in Acts chapter 2, verse number 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance. Or you need prayer for any reason whatsoever. The ladies are over here. The men are over here. As we're dismissed, if you'll come to the front, <coughs> they'll pray with you and you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Connection team, go find our first time guest. Take them to the lobby. We have a special gift we have for you. If you're looking for a church home, why we say church? Welcome home. Come on. Just join us. We call ourselves the Rhema family. We're having a great time serving God around here, bringing hope, help, and healing to the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Remember Sunday morning right here. Come believing, come expecting. It's Father's Day. Yours truly will be preaching. So... I've already got the sermon. It's laying on my desk right now. I got it ready. Okay, come. Expecting. Shake hands with somebody and say, hey, I'm going to live victoriously over everything that comes my way. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday. If you need prayer for salvation, rededication, receive the Holy Spirit, or for any reason, come to the front. They'll pray with you and you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name.